So, uh, welcome to our our Bhagavatam class. Um, today we begin with the Bhagavatam one eight twenty seven, first canto, chapter eight, text twenty seven. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So we continue with the prayers of Queen Kunti. And verse 27 is Namoa Kinchana Vittaya Nibritta Guna Brittaye Atmaramaya Shantaya Kaivalya Pataye Namaha. So Queen Kunti begins with a statement which really refers back to the previous verse. The previous verse was the famous Janmai Shwarya Shuta Sivir E Damana Madakuman Naivar Hatyavitatum Bai Twang Akinchinagochara that those whose uh, pride, madness, sort of the, the madness of pride is increasing because of their um, janma, sort of a higher birth, aishwarya, wealth or power, shuddha, education, sri, bhir, beauty, or also again, prosperity. So idhamana madakuman. So a person who is increasingly foolish or crazy because, in other words, forgetting the soul because of these material opulences, is not able, is not able to sincerely address you, Krishna, because Twang Akinchana Gochara because you are perceptible to, or you are approachable by those who are akinchana. The word kinchana in Sanskrit means something, and akinchana means not something or nothing. And uh, in other words, those who do not um, become attached to any material Possession, of course, in the, in, our, in our service to Krishna, we do acquire some uh, resources, it could be properties or money or followers. That's just otherwise, that's just practical. Otherwise, it's, it's actually impossible to uh, promote a spiritual movement, spread a spiritual movement, but we don't identify with that. So here, Kunti sort of takes up in that same vein. She says, Namo, I bow to Akinchana Vittaya. Vitta in Sanskrit means possession, property, possession. So Krishna is Akinchana Vittaya. He is the wealth of those who do not claim any material wealth. So if one acknowledges that everything I apparently possess in this world really belongs to Krishna and is used for Krishna's service, 
then Krishna becomes your wealth. That's the idea. Krishna becomes your vitta, your property, because you've given up, you no longer claim as your own things that, of course, actually belong to Krishna. As in the Isopanishad, Isavasya Midang Sarvam, this whole universe is Krishna's energy. He made it and it's his property. So if we are, uh, if we give up all false claims over the energy of God, we don't claim it as our own, then he himself becomes our property in the sense that when two people commit to each other, then uh, in that sense, uh, each one becomes the possession of the other uh, in a way which hopefully will not offend people who write songs like you don't own me or I'm not your possession or things. It's not, it, it's in a noble, morally perfect sense. So, and then Kunti, of course, the last word in this verse is namaha, I bow. The first word is namo, and the last word is namo. And so Kunti is bowing to, surrendering to, the Lord who is the wealth of those who don't claim any material wealth in this world. And the Lord uh, who is uh, the way, the path for those who have given up the path uh, of the three modes of nature. So you have a repetition of the word britta. Britta means uh, the path or the course, of course, it actually means a lot of things in Sanskrit, but but here uh, in this context, the word um, Britta means, let's see if we can get the relevant thing from the dictionary. Um, mode of life or uh, a path in the sense of a path of life, a means of life, or how you get on in the world. And so, uh, so for those who have given up the material life, guna, material modes, material life as a path, and so Krishna becomes their path, Krishna becomes uh, their shelter. And then Krishna, who's also Atma Ramaya, who was self-satisfied. Of course, the Atma Rama verse is one of the very important verses in the Bhagavatam. Uh, because Krishna is self-satisfied, he finds pleasure within himself. And uh, because he's completely transcendental. So to be a completely spiritual being means that one... Or, or to recognize oneself, to be aware of oneself as a pure spiritual being has as a consequence that one is self-satisfied, one finds pleasure in the self because there is so much pleasure just in the soul, in the soul's relationship with Krishna, that, that if I'm still attached to material things, it can only mean that I haven't fully realized myself, who I really am. So one who has realized oneself and is taking pleasure in the self is Atma Rama. Shantaya, Krishna is peaceful. Krishna is peaceful. Of course, this is especially meaningful uh, 
because Kunti is speaking these prayers in the direct aftermath of the battle of Kurukshetra, which was extremely violent. It was extremely violent. Millions of people were killed. And yet Kunti describes Krishna as Shanta, peaceful, because Krishna's participation in that battle was spiritual without any material concept or desire. And finally, Kunti bows to Krishna as Kaivalya Pataye Namaha. Pataye means unto the Pati, unto the Lord of Kaivalya. This is also significant because Kaivalya in Sanskrit is often the word used to, uh, it, it, it comes from the word Kevala, which means alone or by itself or abstract. And so Kaivalya means the state of oneness, sort of, it becomes jargon for impersonal liberation. The state of Kaivalya in which there's only one reality, which is Brahman, and there's nothing else there. And so even though there is such a Brahman state, but it has a Lord, it's not the highest truth. That's the idea here. The state of Kaivalya uh, is not the final state of awareness, it's not the final stage of life because that so-called impersonal state has a personal Lord who is Krishna. So Kunti bows to that personal Lord of the impersonal state. Kaivalya Pataye Namaha. So we'll read another verse here. Manye Twang Kalamishanam. So manyetwa means I think you or I consider you. I consider you to be column, time itself, time which is driving everything to its destiny. Ishanam, the Lord. Anadinidhanam, uh, without beginning or end, the boom, the Almighty. Samang charantam sarvatra, and charantam moving. Sarvatra, everywhere, samam, equally. The word sama, same, equally, so Prabhupada translates it equally merciful. Um, this again is especially meaningful in the aftermath of Kurukshetra because Krishna, not only at the battle of Kurukshetra, but for most of his stay here in this world, almost from his so-called birth, Krishna was opposing one group and protecting another. Even in Vrindavan, Krishna uh, was killing Asuras, demons that came there to attack him. And he was protecting his own people in Vrindavan. And then when he left Vrindavan, Krishna went to Mathura. He continued to fight for justice. As he says in the Gita, that he, he defends justice when he comes to this world. So naturally, there were so many people who believed that Krishna was partisan, that he took sides, that Krishna was not equal to everyone because he fought for one side against another side. So therefore, it's significant. Kunti is saying that even though apparently you took one side against another, actually you were impartially defending uh, Justice, the right principle. Samang charantam sarvatra. And she says, Bhutanang janmitakali. 
uh, and the Kali, Kali, like Kali Yuga, the Kali, the quarreling, the fighting Bhutanam among different creatures, uh, it's, it's something they do mutually. It's not that you, Krishna, are making people fight. They are doing that and you come and you protect truth and justice. So again, a lot of these prayers from Kunti uh, should also be seen in the, in the context of the immediate aftermath of Kurukshetra. So I'll do one more so uh, the questions can be sent in now. If there are any questions. Naveda Kunti says, Naveda Kaschit Bhagavang's Chikir Shitam. So Bhagavang's, O Lord, Naveda Kaschit, no one knows Tava uh, Chikir Shitam, your uh, plan, literally what you want to do, what you are intending to do, what your purpose is. No one really knows. Uh, exactly what you're doing. We may know generally that Krishna defends justice, dharma, but exactly what Krishna is doing at a particular moment, no one can understand that perfectly because Krishna is operating with infinite intelligence and we, of course, have very limited understanding. And so Kunti says, no one knows Bhagavan's, O Lord, Chikirshitam what your real plan is, what you are actually doing exactly. So, as you, no one understands what you are really up to, what you are really doing as you are acting, your you are acting in this world, and pretending to, among human beings or pretending to be one of them. So this was all vidambanam. This is Prabhupada trans vidambanam misleading. Krishna is pretending to be a human being and therefore those who actually are in material human bodies, they don't understand actually what he's doing. Again, a reference to the events of Kurukshetra and also of course there's universal validity to what Kunti is saying, but it, it, it really specifically applies to Kurukshetra, that uh, no one, Krishna, is uh, your, uh, no one is uh, object, Prabhupada says, object of specific favor. No one is favored by you, Karichit, ever. And Dvaishyascha, and no one, and you don't hate anyone, you're not against anyone. So Krishna is not favoring anyone, he's not against anyone, uh, but uh, but human beings imagine Bishamamatir. Uh, but but among human beings, uh, their own consciousness is um, unequal. Literally, Bishama unequal. Uh, in other words, human beings do have attachments. They favor this group or person. They're against 
that group or person because of material considerations. And so when they see you acting in this world, they assume that you are like them, which is not the case. So, uh, so Kunti, again, in the aftermath of Kurukshetra, clearing up all these things, explaining Krishna's real position. So, um, okay, there is a question that came in now. Let's see. Uh, if Krishna created Dharma and he defends it, how can we understand that what he does is not partial? How can we understand Dharma is ultimately for the best interest of all souls and that Krishna is fair when he set the system in motion, so to speak? Well, because the question is, what kind of system is it? If Krishna set in motion a system which is equal to everyone, which gives people exactly what they deserve, then the system Krishna set in motion is justice. Uh, and that's not being partial. If I open a store and I say, you know, if you give me a dollar, I give you two apples. And if you give me two dollars, I give you four apples. I'm not being partial. I'm not partial to the person that gives me two dollars. I'm just, it's the same rules for everyone. So if you set up a system where the rules are exactly the same for everyone, that's not, that's, how can that be partial? Partial means the rules are not the same for everyone. So Krishna is um, completely fair. Okay, well, uh, this is, I guess, going to be a short class. Um, actually, I've been a little, a little tired lately, but that's uh, okay. It's not a big deal. So uh, thank you very much for watching. Uh, and uh, again, not going to be a long class today, but I uh, appreciate your coming and I uh, hope, hope you'll be there next Sunday. Hare Krishna. <laughs>